You are now listening to the Knicks State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hey everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Chip Murphy is here with me, of course, but today we got a special guest joining us, Colin Loring from Elite Sports NY. Colin, thanks for joining us once again, bud. Absolutely, man. Good to be back. And and actually, I, I just got to be honest, Colin reached out to me and said, hey, because the last time Colin was on with us, we were, you know, breaking down how we felt like the the conferences were going to play out—the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference—and uh, Colin was very high on the Toronto Raptors. Uh, me, I, I didn't think they were going to be as like you know at the top, but I didn't think they were going to be one of the powerhouses in the East. Chip totally just did not think anything of Toronto. And now that they're sitting in first place, looks like they have a good chance to win the East. Colin says, you guys got to get me back on. We have to discuss this. So it's that time of year where we're going to take a look at some of the the standings and how they're playing out uh, really in the Eastern. And we'll talk a little bit about the Western Conference as well in this segment. Uh, So, Colin, the floor is yours, man. Tell us. Tell us what you wanted to tell us. (laughs) Well, Matt... I want to thank you again for having me on. It was definitely about time. Absolutely, bud. Um, let's start off with the fact that the Toronto Raptors are currently ranked number one in the Easter Conference. Um, they have a 45-17 and 17 record. Um, they are two games ahead of the Boston Celtics. When I came on this show last time, I've got a direct quote from Mr. Chip Murphy <laughs> that says, quote, Toronto will take a step back. I'm not a big fan of the backcourt. They're not as good as the Bucks or nearly as talented. It looks like he may have been wrong. <laughs> hey, these takes exist, Chip. You know, you're a smart guy still. But I gotta have I gotta have my desserts at the moment. Um, Toronto has just been absolutely fantastic. Um, I'd say DeMar DeRozan is legitimately a top-five MVP candidate. Do I see him winning it? No. Um, you have LeBron and Steph Curry and James Harden as a frontrunner, obviously. Um, but they have just been dominant. And I'm not going to go out on a limb yet and say that they're ready for the playoffs, but they are just about as good as I thought they were going to be. So Colin comes on. He's throwing shots at you, Chip. Chip, you got to respond. What do you have to no, say? No, he wasn't. No, I mean, he wasn't throwing shots at me. I mean, he, look, he, I was, he's been waiting I, for this. He wants no, his praise. I was, I was listening to myself on that podcast earlier today, and I had to turn it off. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, I I can't believe I said that thing about the Bucks with Jason Kidd as their coach. But, yeah, the Raptors thing, I, I was way off about the Raptors because – I didn't think that they'd be capable of changing their offense like they did, but I have to eat crow on them, obviously. I mean, they're 
tenth in pace this year, right? As of now, they totally picked things up. Uh, and they're third in net rating. They're the only team even in the league of the Rockets and Warriors in net rating. Like I said, they totally picked things up in terms of their pace. This year, they're 10th. Last year, they finished at uh, 22nd. They got a lot more possessions. They're not doing as much ISO stuff with the Rosen. Yeah, I I didn't think they'd be this good, obviously. I think I picked them to finish like fifth or sixth or something. So, uh, but I was, look, I was way off on the East. I thought the Cavs would cruise. I thought Isaiah would be fine in there. I, I did I just thought LeBron could do whatever. It didn't matter. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I think they will probably finish with the one seed now. Um, and yeah, I was completely wrong. I didn't think that this, that the offense would be, would uh, change like this. I didn't think they'd go up tempo with the offense. Now, will that work in the playoffs? I don't know. Uh, are they still going to be able to beat LeBron? Does it matter? I don't know. I, I still think the Cavs will come out of the East and go to the finals. I don't think they'll beat LeBron. All right. So, Chip, you, you feel like Toronto's going to be able to hang on, win the Eastern Conference. Colin, let me ask you. Toronto's only two games up. From Boston. Do you think they, they hold on to that? I, I think Boston could catch them still. I think it's very, you know, Toronto can end up as a two seed, but I think they're going to do no worse than the two seed. But do you think the Raptors are good enough to hang on to the Eastern Conference? All right, so slightly hot take incoming. When we talked about this on the last podcast, we all agreed that Boston would be somewhere in the mix in the end but it would be more of a late surge. We weren't sure how Gordon Hayward and Kyrie was going to work. Obviously, that's different now um, with Gordon out with injury. Um, I think that the Raptors will hang on. I really like the Celtics, but they look like a team that may get tired. Um, Al Horford had to have like a little comeback game because people already started doubting his game. Uh, I definitely could see them tiring out towards the end of the season and Toronto just kind of keeping pace because, again, this is what they do. They're the regular season Raptors. Um, I absolutely think that Toronto comes out on top. Okay. Let me let me before I get into this whole Toronto thing because we got a few minutes, guys. In the fourth seed right now is Indiana. Y'all remember when we talked about Indiana at the beginning of the season? How we felt like you know they would be at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Now they're thirty-seven and twenty-seven. How in the world is that happening? Somebody got somebody. Chip Colin. Give me – how is this happening? Two words. Vic, Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, stepped over you. <laughs> That's fine. You guys both have the same mindset. I'm just trying to figure out – we were talking about how these, these, this team was going to be so bad. They traded Paul George. It was laughable. Everybody laughed at him. What a terrible trade. They are the fourth seed. And the Knicks way down there. Way down there looking up at him. Way, 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 way down there. I, I just, oh my goodness. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just, but, hey, the Knicks need to keep losing. Just keep losing. Normally I would be upset about a buzzer beater to Sacramento. I enjoyed it. We need it. It's the only way. Now, let me let me get into this Toronto thing. I think when I and, and Colin, you might you said you went back and listened to it. I don't remember exactly where I had Toronto. I think I can tell you, Matt. Was it fourth? 
You had them at one, two, three, four, seed five. Five. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. That, to me, yes, I will admit that I'm a little surprised to see Toronto at the top spot. And even if they do not hang on to it and they, they drop down the two, they're, they're not going to do any worse than two. Cleveland's not going to catch them. It's not going to happen. Which is the funny part because we all just had Cleveland running the East when well, we talked about this a absolutely. couple months ago. Absolutely. And we, didn't, I mean, we didn't think there was any way that anyone was going to top Cleveland. It's pathetic what's going on in Cleveland because it's LeBron averaging like a triple-double and the rest are just staring at him. It's pathetic. It's terrible. <laughs> Um, What's pathetic is that we're acting like this trade fixed everything in Cleveland when really if you watch them, it's really not that impressive what's happened. I mean, the defense still sucks. Yeah, and the funny thing is – Nothing's been fixed. The funny thing is when that trade happened, uh, you know, I I work for a Fox Sports affiliate, um, a a morning co-host, and some of the guys I worked at the radio station with and, of course, the national media – some overreacted like the Cavaliers were, were back on top, especially they won like three straight right off the bat with the new toys they had. And I'm one that's saying, guys, you, you really think this is the way it works, that new players come together and they click just like this? No. Sometimes when something new, the excitement, the adrenaline rushes in, you feel great about your thing, but it's going to sink in eventually that you guys don't know each other. It takes time to mold. And you're going to hit a wall. And that's what we kind of seen with Cleveland. Uh, but, I, again, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I thought Cleveland would be the three seed right now. I figured one, but no, no worse than two. And that's not going to happen. Um, Toronto, to me, yeah, I, I said fifth. Would it shock me if they were in fourth? No, it wouldn't. Three, I think, would have been shocking to me. But they're sitting here at number one. I get to talk about... The Toronto Raptors a lot down here. This is my take on the Toronto Raptors. You ready? The Toronto Raptors are the equivalent to the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL. Now, I know the Bengals haven't made the playoffs in the last few years, but if you think (laughs) about it, Coach Marvin Lewis and the Bengals squad, they happen to be what I like to call regular season champions. They are outstanding in the regular season. They win 10, 11 games. They're in the playoffs. But when they get to the playoffs, what's the outcome? They lose. This is the same thing. The Toronto Raptors are the equivalent of the Cincinnati Bengals in the terms that they are the regular season champions, but when postseason play comes around, they lose. Kyle Lowry disappears. DeMar DeRozan disappears. They can't compete. Yeah, they win a series or two, so it's not as bad as the, like the Bengals who are out in the first round of the playoffs. I get that. But the point is, people expect this team to make a run because they are a top three team in the East, it seems, year in and year out. But when they face a Cleveland, they fall flat. If they face a Boston team, Boston will beat them in a seven-game series. I, I am surprised by the regular season success of being the number one seed. But to me, it doesn't mean a damn thing. They are going to lose in the postseason. Until they can prove that they can reach at least the finals, I don't give a crap about the Toronto Raptors. They haven't proved anything to me yet. So, Colin, you, you, you're, you've been high on them. I need you to respond. Am I out of my mind for saying this? Do you think they're going to compete? 
it all depends on the matchup, Matt. Okay. I mean, that's that's what it is for every team. I mean, I think the same thing awaits LeBron and the Cavs. I mean, it's all about the matchup. Um, I don't think the Celtics, yes, I could see them dropping a seven-game series. Absolutely. Um, I think Cleveland, it could go to seven this year. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I think I like them against the Wizards. I think uh, the 76ers is an interesting matchup. Um, I think they'll crush the Heat. Or maybe yeah. I want them to simply for Chip's sake. <laughs> <laughs> We've already seen them beat Milwaukee. Um, beyond that, I guess you have the Pacers, and I'm not even really sure what to think about that matchup because it's it's hard to know what to expect from the Pacers this year. Yeah. And Chip, no, I think they'll go to the playoffs. I don't see them in the Eastern Conference Finals as high as I am on them. At some point, they're going to get an unfavorable matchup, and that's just where it ends. So you kind of agree with me that this team is a regular season champion and really doesn't have what it takes to compete. Until they bring in a better NBA center. Okay. It's just not going to happen for them. They've got the one-two punch up top, but they need someone down low. You're right. Valanciunas is fantastic, but they need someone better than him. Yeah. And that's, that just goes to show what it takes to win in this league. You're right. I agree with you 100%. And, Chip, I was going to ask you, do, do you agree with my comparison? Are they the Cincinnati Bengals of the NBA? Wow. So is this really what's happened that, I've become like a – we've completely flipped on this because I was just about to agree with Colin what I thought he was going to say and say that I think the Raptors are going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals now. So now we re- – oh, man, Chip flipped. <laughs> Chip has This flipped. is awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're better – look, the Celtics have been average for like the last two months. They've been playing 500 basketball for the last like month and a half or whatever. They've looked – very beatable. And Gordon Hayward's not coming back. I, I think the Raptors, and I think, look, the Sixers are very impressive, but I don't think anybody else in the East is that special in terms of the Raptors. And look, I agree about uh, Jonas Valanciunas. I, I don't think he's a modern day center, but I think Ibaka should be playing a lot more five than he does. Not that Jonas shouldn't be out there. Uh, a majority of the time at the five, but if he really is a problem at center where he's causing like a matchup issue at crunch time, then play Ibaka at the five. That's my answer to that. I mean, if like, if you're playing Boston and Horford's causing a matchup problem for him, you know, like if Horford, if uh, Horford is causing him to stretch the floor and he can't go out there, then play Ibaka at the five. Yeah. I think they're better than the Celtics. I think they can take them. Uh, and look, what's impressive to me is I think I should point it out: the Raptors aren't an old team like the Cavs. Yeah, they're one of the younger teams in the NBA. They're doing it with a lot of young guys, and I think that's really something that a lot, not a lot of people are talking about. But yeah, I, yeah, I think they're probably going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals now. So I, I thought that I would be <laughs> agreed with on that, but hey. I, I've seen the Celtics be average for a long time now. Oh, I, I'll say this about Serge Ibaka. Ibaka is the guy that the, the Oklahoma City Thunder bought into over James Harden. How did that work out for him? Not very much. So I don't it's think more Ibaka, complicated than that. Come on, I'm not very high on Ibaka. Never have been. 
Not very high. Tip is forgetting one big thing. And hey, maybe they go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I would love that. But what I'm telling you is, we have not seen Kyrie Irving unleashed in the playoffs. If you think LeBron is bad, Kyrie has his own team now. Yeah. And he is approaching the playoffs. He's going to be a complete, and he's just going to be a killer. I mean, it's, I don't want to say Mamba mentality because we mocked him for listening to Kobe last time, but it's going to be something similar. He's going to go out there and he's not going to take anything less but a dub and 37 points. And that's going to be every game until he gets to where their season ends. And I'm not sure where that is yet. Again, I'd like to see how they finish the season. But the Celtics have looked tired, maybe. Maybe they look mediocre. But the playoffs is a fresh start. Yeah, fair. that's fair. And that may work against, like, the Sixers and the Wizards. But I'm not sure that's going to work against the Raptors with, like, a with a veteran team and a great coach, you know? But yeah, maybe I'm wrong. And I know I sound like an absolute idiot from what I said about the Raptors before the season. But, yeah, the, the whole Mamba mentality thing, look, I – that one guy can only take you so far, even in the pathetic East. That's right. the way I look at it. And they're counting on Jason Tatum to do a lot and Jalen Brown to do a lot. And Terry Rozier. Jason Tatum and Terry, Terry Rozier. Yeah. <laughs> Terry Rozier. And Jason Tatum has not looked for He hit the rookie wall a long time ago and he has not looked good since. Yeah. But, yeah, look, who knows in the playoffs? Maybe maybe you're right. Kyrie Irving, I could, wouldn't be surprised if he averaged like 30 points a game in the playoffs. But, yeah, uh, we'll see. Both, I think both teams are pretty neck and neck, but I'd pick the Raptors in, the, in a seven-game series right now anyway. All right, well, let's leave it right there. This was a lengthy segment. It needed to be. Wanted to get to, uh, we didn't get to the Western Conference, but you know what? Who cares? Golden State's going to win. There you go. Um, <laughs> you know, that, 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 no shocker there. There's no, no story there at all. Hard so, to argue. Yeah. So um, when we. I'd, I'd argue that. I'd argue that. Okay. Uh, Houston as well. Houston and Golden State. There you go. Two teams. There you go. That's all that's going to be there. I promise. That's it. Nobody else. Nobody else. I don't even want to hear it. Nobody else. Houston, Golden State. So when we come back, yeah, something that's been in the news last week, the Brzingis. Should the Knicks extend them? Should they give them that, that big deal of $157 million? So we're going to get into that in just a moment. Hello, everybody. Mac is still the co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Again, Chip Murphy here with me as always, Colin Loring, who joined us to talk about his Toronto Raptors that he was right about. He was. They, they are a lot better than what me and Chip thought. But until they went in the playoffs, I'm still not a believer in them. But we'll, we'll jump into some Nick talk here now. Uh... Last week in the news especially, we seen uh, that there was an article in Bleacher Report and it was created the buzz all around the Nick kind of forums all over social media, fans discussions, all that good stuff about 
Should the Knicks extend Christopher Zinga? Should they buy into him? Should they give him a $157 million contract? And Chip, I'm going to start off with you and your thoughts. If you're the Knicks, would you buy into Christopher Zingas and pay the man? The Knicks record since Christopher Porzingis has gone out is 1-8. <laughs> since he's gone out, they're the worst defensive team in the NBA. They can't stop anybody at the rim. And they've, they were at least average when he was in there. I think they were like 15th in defensive rating, maybe 16th in defensive rating when he was there. Uh, look, he's, I'm not going to say he's the best defensive player in the NBA, but in my opinion, he put himself into the top five discussion this year. And for that reason alone, you pay the man. Right. Not even looking at his offensive numbers. Just how bad the Knicks have been defensively for as long as my life is. I'm almost 30 years I've been on this earth, and the Knicks have always been bad on defense. <laughs> yep. So it feels like. But, um, yeah, the yeah, you pay the man. You pay the man. He, he was leading the league in blocks when he, uh, when he went down. But, um, look. The, uh, the scoring obviously uh, dipped at the end. He was struggling, but that was, as we know, because of injuries. And I understand the argument against waiting because of the injury issues. And, you know, he's missed a lot of games. He's missed a lot of games in three years. But, look, he's the best guy, the best prospect we've drafted since Patrick Ewing. And what are you going to do? You're going to let him walk? Exactly. It, that's insane. <laughs> exactly. Colin, we'll go to man. you. We'll go to you. Your thoughts. What do you think the Knicks should do? All right. I like what Chip's saying a lot. I don't have much to disagree with um, besides the number that we're looking at. I believe it was $157 million over five years was the proposed uh, deal mentioned on Bleacher Report. Uh, yeah, that was it. 157, yeah. I'm just, I'm not there for that yet. I love Porzingis. But as much as his brother loves him too, they have to realistically <laughs> understand that after tearing an ACL, you're not going to get $157 million. This is not the 76ers. All right. Do we think that DeMarcus Cousins is still going to get his $200 million, you know, contract this summer? No. And he's the best center in the NBA. So why should the Knicks hand $157 million, give him 25% of their cap space for the next five years after tearing his ACL? Here's the thing. Say they give him the contract. We give him five years, $157 million. He wants to win. How long do we think that's going to take for New York? What happens if three years down the road the Knicks – have made it to the playoffs once, and they were shut out by Cleveland or whoever it may be, and we've got this guy on the books for however much money, and then now he's you know going to the media or whatever, and now he's pissed, and there's locker room issues, and he wants to win basketball games, and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen in New York. I understand there's a need to keep him around. I just don't think that $157 million is the move. You know, I'm kind of... In a situation where it's obviously, I want to keep Brzingis. And when you first hear about it, you go, it's a no brainer you sign him for, you know, the max, 
you keep them. <laughs> but the other side of this argument is is what kind of chip you alluded to with his injuries. So far, he has not played a full season. He's missed time his rookie year, missed time in his second year, and has missed, obviously, a lot of time this year with the ACL injury. Durability is a concern with me. To give somebody $157 million, you need them to be a guy that's going to be out there for 82 games a year. So far, he has not. He hasn't been able to do it. it. And it concerns me. I do think that he's still going to get paid significantly well. I think he's looking at probably about a hundred million to about a hundred and twenty million in that range. I think the Knicks are handcuffed because they don't have a choice. If Brzinga says I'm not taking a dime or anything less than one hundred fifty-seven million dollars, I think the Knicks have no choice but to do it because you can't just lose. A franchise player like that. And I think really it's Przingis has the power here, not the Knicks. I, I think it's it's kind of the Knicks are probably thinking we're not wanting to give this guy $157 million as his injury history. Uh, we're a team that's not really re- winning when he's on the floor. We're better. Chip, you shared that we're one and eight without him. Obviously, with no Christoph Przingis, it's going to be tough to win five games. At this point. I mean, shoot, I think I projected the Knicks to win 26 games, and by December I really feared like, okay, we are going to go way over 26, and now we've been stuck at 24. We've been in the 20s for like two months. It's pitiful. Uh, So it's one of those things where I, 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 I feel the Knicks do not want to give him $157 million. But they may not have Maybe a choice. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't think they have a choice, though. If that's what Brzingis wants, it says, look, I'll just leave. I could take less money and play for this team that's ready to win now. Or you can give me this, and I'm willing to sit around a little bit longer, see if you guys can build around me, and, and tolerate maybe losing for another year or so. Can I offer, like, one plate of food for thought? Yeah. Both of you guys and any Knicks fan who listens to this are immediately going to hiss with disgust. <laughs> um, are the Knicks deep enough into the rebuild where they can't just hit the reset button? Like trade him, you mean? Trade him. I think letting him walk is obviously the worst case scenario. Yeah, you but can't do that. You have uh, to trade. Are they yeah. deep enough into this rebuild? Where losing Porzingis and potentially gaining other assets is going to be significantly like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Uh, here's the thing. The Knicks are terrible at drafting. They got something right with Porzingis, okay? Look, at, look we took Frank Aquino over Dennis like Smith Frank. Jr. over uh, Donovan Mitchell. I know a lot of people took... A lot of teams passed on yeah, Donovan Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I know a lot of teams passed on Donovan Mitchell, but the point is, historically... We are terrible at drafting. We got one right. Let's keep them. That's my attitude with it. I, I think trading them it, it, to try to get more assets, maybe more picks. The Knicks don't know what the heck they're doing. They have no clue when it comes to drafting young talent. So 
I, I think it, it's you can't you can't just completely rebuild. I think you're in a rebuild po- uh, process with Porzingis as your centerpiece. You rebuild. You rebuild. The point of a rebuild is to get a Porzingis. Yeah. Like I, I mean, that's what you're trying to do. Trust yeah. the process. But <laughs> the process was to tank and lose and get a bunch of high picks so they could get a Joel Embiid. Right. And they did. Like, that's what they were doing. And the Knicks didn't try and lose and to get Porzingis, but they stumbled onto Porzingis, essentially. Right. And they got their Joel Embiid. And, look, I, what, are the chances, what are the chances the Knicks find a Porzingis in the drafts again? Slim to none. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We can't even tank right. That's fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. We're going to end up winning some games that we don't need to win. It's just, it's, and, and it will hurt our draft stock more. This team is just brain dead. Uh, but 14-game win streak incoming. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. I, I sw- if they do something that stupid, I'm not, even, I'm not even paying money next year to watch them. No. It will not happen. I don't even care. This is the I'm, first time in my life that I'm taking pride in the fact that we're losing. And you can call me a not a real fan. Look, I'm tired of sucking. So keep losing until we win. All right? That's my motto. But let's wrap it up right here. Let's, let's finish this segment. We'll come back. Uh, Trey Burke. Uh, and, and really, the Nick guards have been the biggest topic to talk, talk about because they have so many of them. But Trey Burke has been playing so well. Has he earned a roster spot with the Knicks? Should the Knicks buy into him? We'll get into that in just a moment. Hi, everybody. Matt Costello here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOM Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast here in the final segment. We are going to discuss Trey Burke. The Knicks point guards, uh, they got Moutier, they got Frank McKenna, they have an old guy named Jared Jack. Uh, point guard has been one of those interesting positions with this team all season. Uh, and now that we're starting to see this youth movement from the Knicks, now that they you know, know they have no shot at the playoffs or anything like that, they just need to quit and give up and try to get the best uh, draft position as possible, we're, we're seeing Trey Burke get some minutes. A lot of fans were excited about him when he got called up. You know, I, I wasn't. I, I was excited to see what he could do, and I enjoyed the fact so far that he he's been playing as well as he had. But Chip, I'm going to ask you this question. We'll all answer it. Has he done enough to earn a roster spot? Should the Knicks buy into him uh, for at least a few more seasons, or is it fool's gold? And he still has some more work to do to prove that he can still be. Uh, somebody the Knicks should consider at the point guard position. Okay, so Trey Burke has played 20 or more minutes seven times this year. He's averaging 17.4 points and 5.7 assists and shooting 55.8% from the field. He's absolutely earned a spot on this team. I mean, who else should have a spot above him, to be honest? Yeah. We were just talking about uh, Frank Nielakina earlier, and uh, look, I like Frank, but nobody at the point guard position is out playing Trey Burke right now. Jared Jack is on the bench. 
he looked good at an earlier point in the season, but he's not even on the court for a reason right now. Emmanuel Moutier, there was hype about him when we first got him, but me and you, Matt, neither one of us were high on him at all. Point guards who can't shoot, it's hard for that to translate. And it's not that he can't shoot that's really worrisome. It's that he's lazy on defense. Uh, and we're recording this on a Tuesday. The Knicks play the Trailblazers tonight. So yep. it should be interesting to see Emmanuel Moutier against Dame Lillard tonight. But, um, yeah, Trey Burke, I think, look, as far as uh, I mentioned the effort thing, because Trey Burke has really been impressive uh, working his way through the G League, and he obviously really wants the spot, and he's just hungry and happy to be there and really wants to be in New York, and I think he appreciates that the Knicks gave him a shot. And, uh, look, if, if he says, I'll take a, a one- or a two-year deal at a nice price, then yeah, I think the Knicks should really – like to bring him back i mean he's been you can argue he's been their best guard this year yeah and colin really is uh just the same question for you do the knicks or should the knicks consider just locking him up for a few seasons they did with ron baker and he didn't do as much anyone (laughs) let me say that again anyone is better than ron baker (laughs) <laughs> there is not one person I despise more in recent Knicks history than Ron Baker. Wow. Goodness. That's, hey, that's a good podcast idea for a couple weeks from now. Now, <laughs> Trey Burke. <laughs> I think like a one-year, two-year deal isn't a terrible thing for New York. Uh, as far as Trey Burke goes, obviously he's going to come pretty cheap. Um, I think the market's really going to be a telling point. Um, as far as do they bring him back, do they not? Because we know New York, they're not going to dish out too much money to keep him. But if they can for a good price, um, I'm sure that they would love to have him back. Um, especially with Porzingis, God knows when the guy's going to play again. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't touch the court until like January um, of next season. Yeah, They're going to need that scoring boost, which, as Chip pointed out, he's pretty damn good at. Yeah. Um, do I think it'll happen? Probably not. I'd love it. I'd really love it. Any dude who comes back with the AI cornrows has my vote. (laughs) Yeah, you know, look, when Trey Burke got called up, we talked about what should we expect. And and we talked about, really, you can't expect the G League numbers to come up. And and they really haven't. And obviously that's the case. But he's played very well. And one thing that I said is that I'm excited to see what he can do because I feel like he's still young. The possibility of him still developing is there. So it makes sense to give him a chance, give him an opportunity, and see if he could, you know, find himself in the NBA. This guy was a lottery pick. It could be a steal for the Knicks. Did I doubt it? Of course, because how many times do you see the players come up from the G League and have success? Not not very often. You don't hear stories like that too often. Uh, so I'm very pleased on his production so far. But I still want to see a little bit more. I think I, I'm I'm the kind that's still wanting to see if he could do this for the rest of the season. Doesn't have to be as dominant if he just stays consistent, helps out with scoring, keeps shooting an efficient, you know, right uh, shooting the basketball. 
then yeah, I think the Knicks should give him a contract. I, I think he definitely has earned the respect of you know the Knicks organization. I, I think the Knicks uh, are basically in a position where they're forced to give him minutes at this point because you know they're going young, and I think their plan was really Neil Akina to start, uh, Moutier get some minutes. I think Trey Burke was kind of the odd man out, but he's played so well, he's put himself into that discussion. And he's earned that. But I, I still want to see a little bit more before I say you lock him up for, you know, two years. Perhaps, you know, if he plays out the rest of the season, he's just solid average. Yeah, I think you can bring him back for another year at least. But long-term-wise, like two, three years, I don't think that – he, he's not there yet in, in my eyes. I know a lot of fans are excited how he's playing, and they should be because he's been playing very well. Uh, But with that being said, we are going to wrap up the show today, and we'll be back next week for another episode of the Nick's State of Mind podcast.